The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 48, recorded May 7th, 2020. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one of your hosts, and the other host is... And good evening. I'm Michael Diaz. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well, Michael. It's uh, been a crazy week of Star Wars since May the 4th on Monday. We've had a lot of, uh, I mean, we, we recorded last Thursday and we listened to the, or with this, and we talked about the first two of the finale of the Clone Wars, and now we're into the, the last two and the actual finale that came out on May the 4th. But it's been a hell of a week for Star Wars news and a lot of stuff going on. Uh, my fear is it's going to be the last news for quite some time, maybe until whatever celebration turns out not to be this year. It'll probably be just a virtual, which I wouldn't mind actually if they did a virtual thing where I can actually pay 20 bucks and watch all the panels. It would be interesting, but even if it was Zoom panels, they should figure a way to do that. So look at that. I'm already on a tangent. Um, <laughs> it's these ideas. They just keep popping in my head. I can't, I can't stop. Now, I get that, um, you know, Monday was May the 4th, and I get that, but when did... When did this Revenge of the Fifth start? I saw that for the first time this year. Is that new or has that been going on? It's been going on for about four or five years now. Maybe? I don't so, know. I'm it's pretty the day, geeky, yeah. but that's the first time I heard of it. I usually try to watch Revenge of the Sith on Revenge on, on the Fifth, but I, I didn't watch it this time. But I guess I'm going to rewatch all four ending of Clone Wars and watch Revenge of the Sith again at some point this weekend. So that's the plan. Because, you know, we've been extended. We can't go anywhere anymore. Yep. Three more weeks, at least. Yeah. There's going to be, well, forget it. I'm not going to get into that. So, Michael, the last two episodes of The Clone Wars. Now, I know you aren't, you know, you didn't follow this thing from the get-go. You, you cut back in the season, and um, they've had nice story arcs in between. But there's really nothing really you would miss watching the last four episodes. Uh, the last two, obviously, is a was very connected to each other because it's, it ended at a scene where you basically was a cut in, you know, halfway through, so to speak. It was one story. What was your, how did, how did you uh, feel about these last two episodes? I thought they were epic. I thought they had great character development. I thought they had awesome action. It was everything that I hoped that Star Wars could be, but simply. It really was. You know, the funny thing is, if Dave Filoni, I think if Dave Filoni didn't have the time, and I think he even said this in an interview, if he didn't have that gap, he said he, he, he didn't think it would actually be as good as it was now. Like, he's had time. He's done Rebels, full series of Rebels. He's now worked on The Mandalorian. Then he went back and, and revisited this. I think it's way more buttoned up because of his experience that he's had. We're doing those other shows, and even he kind of admits that. If anybody's out there wants to hear Dave Filoni talk about the end of uh, the Clone Wars, go to Entertainment Tonight. He does an interview. It's about a 15-minute interview or so on YouTube. It's phenomenal. You'll learn a lot from it. 
Um, but to me, just as you said, I think it was what Star Wars is. It was a perfect representation of where we thought Star Wars could be. I, I totally believe now that I'm going to watch Revenge of the Sith in a different way because of the way this overlapped. And I'm only going to wish that, like, God damn it, why wasn't Ahsoka in live action, right? Even though that wasn't didn't exist when it came out, but it would have been damn cool now after going through this to actually see her in, in one of the actual prequels. Um, it would have and really would have been a nice thing. Obviously, Ahsoka came after, so there's no way. But if there had been some kind of reference to her in Revenge of the Sith, that would have made this so much cooler, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously it can't do that. But it, what it did do, though, I, I believe that these, if you're a Star Wars fan, not everybody's going to watch the Clone Wars, right? These are for fans. You're not going to get your average um, family that just watches Star Wars to, to watch this. I don't I don't think. Maybe, maybe now that Disney Plus is there, more people will do that. But the way I think Filoni ties everything together, like if you're a hardcore fan, there's stuff for you. If you're not, it's still good. You'll pick it up. Oh, yeah, but, I agree. I mean... Know, I didn't watch the last six, like, well, I watched one and two at some point, but I haven't watched it in years, maybe 10 years. And I jumped right into season seven and I loved it. Yeah. In fact, I'll even, so here, this is how good season seven isn't. Well, okay. This is how good the last four episodes are. Right. You know, a lot of people shit on the prequels for, you know, valid and maybe not so valid reasons, but let mm-hmm. You know, I think overall, I mean, there are people that love it, but overall people pretty much say the the inferior trilogy is the prequels. These are so good, they make the prequels better. Yeah, I think so. It adds it adds what, what maybe um, Lucas has a hard time doing, and that's getting into the characters as much as he needed to. You know, it's, it's really what made, you know, Empire is not great because of what happened in it in terms of like um, huge action or whatever. It's great because we got to learn way more about the characters and, and it was a very character driven. And um, that's what I think th- this was like the Empire Strikes Back of animation. The last four episodes. Yes. The last four. Yeah. I mean, the whole series as a whole, there's there's a lot of interesting things that you'll learn. Like, you know, I'm still I'm going back and, and watching them. Like, they teach you how to make a lightsaber. We didn't know that until Clone Wars. Right. You know? So there's a lot of cool things that, that are there uh, during the seasons. If you if you watch them, you'll, you'll get a lot of backstory of, of Star Wars, which is what I think George really wanted to work on. Um, but these last four, man, it was just amazing. Well, I was just saying, it just fills in so many gaps. I mean... That was one thing, you know, that people have always said about the prequels, that they were empty, they were soulless, Mm -hmm. they were technologically impressive because of all the green screening and digital backgrounds and all that. And it was awesome to see what ILM came up with and how George filmed it and stuff. But, you know, he really didn't necessarily care about, you know, the acting. Right. So. Here's what really got me. in these last okay. four episodes. Remember when we, now if you go back to our last uh, podcast, we talked about one of my favorite scenes was when Anakin introduces her squad to her and they're painted with yes. her mark. Badass, right? no question. And the loyalty of which they showed to her that they still called her, you know, general and saluted. 
And then by the time this arc is over, right, it didn't matter. They became machines and turned on her without a, you know, without hesitation. By the end, they still were not, they were, we spent this whole time with clones, even as different as, you know, we, we talked in our last podcast of how different each one are and they became their own person and their people and she cared for them. When the time came, Sidious's plan was so good that when he executed Order 66, they were machines. They turned. Oh, yeah. And she, and she wouldn't kill them. Right? And, and then no. when, you, when you go to that scene where Anakin reintroduces her, but then you go to the end when all their helmets are on pikes after she buried them and how she cared for them, it was just – that was pretty tough. That's damn good writing, number one. To carry that arc all the way through it to make that feeling from that to that very quickly in four episodes that was pretty well even pretty strong. even i mean feloni was so good in that you know we saw you know an episode or two ago the clone jesse mm-hmm. you know, tortured by maul he gave up everything and ahsoka forgave him she understood and to see how dedicated she was to them and them to her. Mm-hmm. And then once that chip, you know, took over and Order 66 happened, just these little things that made the clones very human and very real. So when that shot panned across all the helmets on pikes and then it stopped, the last one you see is the helmet with, you know, the, uh, what, what, what became, the, you know, basically the emblem of the Empire stamped across it, which you knew was Jesse, it hit a little bit harder. Yep. Absolutely. It, it, it totally, just, it took all the individuality away, right? And it was, they were just machines. They were, they were nothing. And even, yeah. even, even when Rex is telling her they don't care, right? He's, he's a clone and he's saying, don't worry about them. They don't care, you know, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't. And that's the thing. I mean, this whole series, more so as has gone on, especially at the end, really highlighted how, in a way, the Jedi lost their way. Yeah. As it said, they were supposed to be the keepers of the peace. And now here they were generals in a war. They really shouldn't have been. No. Ironically, I think Ahsoka, and I say ironically because if... Qui-Gon would have maybe been around to to train Anakin. None of this would have happened. I mean, it's a good plan to get rid of the one that's, you know, probably the most Jedi-like is, is, is Qui-Gon. I think he was probably the best Jedi representation of a Jedi. He didn't quite always agree with the Council, and he, he was that. She ended up, I would say, I say ironically, because I think Ahsoka ended up more like Qui-Gon than obviously Anakin did. Well, I was going to say something similar in that, in, in same kind of idea. It's ironic that of the Jedi, she is the most Jedi-like and she's not a Jedi. Right. I mean, that shows she refused, even though, you know, pretty much everyone, the the other Jedi, obviously Palpatine, saw the clones as fodder and really not much. Just basically biological battle droids. Right. She always saw them as human and, you know, individuals. And the fact that she refused, even though they were all basically programmed to kill her, and her refusing to kill a single one, 
That was impressive. It was very impressive. I mean, she even forced Rex to use the stun setting. Yeah, and he did throughout, right? What did you think of what did you think of her decision to let Maul out? I don't know. I mean, it's easy it's easy to understand in the light when you realize, okay, she's not a Jedi, because a Jedi would not do that. But she had to get creative. I I don't know if I agree with her decision. I kind of see why she did it, but it, it, I don't know. You don't you don't let the big bad guy out. You don't you don't let the big bad wolf run run free. You know. But he was he never lied to her. He told her everything that was going to happen. Which well, is that's true. Which, which is funny because if you if you watch the prequels again, right? It's it's so funny how the Sith don't lie. As evil as they are, right? Because do you remember when in it's probably been a while since you watched um, Attack of the Clones, but. When Obi-Wan was being held by Dooku, Dooku told him everything. Everything. He told right. he told him everything. He says, what if I told you that the Sith was already in charge of the Republic? And Obi-Wan's like, nah. He didn't believe him. Right. You know? So even – even and that's why Ahsoka is like, I, I, you tell these people anything, they're just not going to believe me. You know? when Even at, at that council meeting that was there and, and you know, anything you want me to say to it? When Yoda asked her, and she's like, no. Because they're just so full of hubris, they wouldn't listen. Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. The Jedi Council and all the Jedi, not every single one, but for the most part, had far too much hubris, and that turned out to be their downfall. And this does make the Last Jedi Luke stuff better. If you go through this, like, on, on what he says to... You know, to Ray. You know how so? Well, that's what he said. He goes, "It was hubris. It was we were we were you know the Jedi failed. They were full of hubris. He actually said that word. You know. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. So I mean, his it really helps that that like again, I'm not going to get into Last Jedi. The Luke stuff, I had no problems with. So I understand it. This makes it stronger. This makes the Ryan Johnson decision stronger, in my opinion. What is that praise? I, th- I do. You know that. Go back to every movie we've talked about. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> People know my thoughts on that movie, and it's 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 fifty percent good. But with so the the mall scenes that echoed a lot of uh, Darth Vader from um, Rogue One when he's going through the hallway and he's just throwing. He didn't have a lightsaber, but he was just ripping through those guys. Right, with no lightsaber whatsoever, and he was just, oh, it was, it was really cool. It was very impressive. Showed his power. Showed what he could do. I mean, he was pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. When they were, what were your thoughts when they were going through? This is um, episode three, towards the end, when when Order sixty six happened. That there was a there was a part in there that echoed a little bit of Avengers Sith, where it was all quiet. And it's, I think it's almost the same time where, basically. Anakin's getting ready to go to the Chancellor's office, and there's that music. It's almost very similar music, you know, just quiet. And you see Ahsoka like and looking out the window at hyperspeed and hyper, you know, when they're in hyperspace or light speed. And Maul hears the noise, and they actually drew, brought in audio from Revenge of the Sith at that point. 
Yeah, where they all hear the voices, where basically when Order 66 was happening, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, at, well, yes. No, before that, because it, it had Anakin yelling, what did I do? And, it, you know, you hear Mace Windu getting okay. cut and uh, all the things that happened um, was voiced in, was overlapping at the time. And then Order 66 was yeah, all right there. That was all fantastic. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we all know what's going to happen, yet I was still at the edge of my seat. Like, there's no nothing to be revealed, but it still kept me really engrossed into what I was watching, which I think is hard to do if you know the outcome. Yes, being able to tell a good story when you know how everything's going to end, that, that's a challenge. And with this, these last two episodes of the series, they accomplished that. They were able to interweave throughout the portions. I mean, they interweaved from right before Revenge of the Sith started, and then obviously through to the end of the film. Right. This is a story that takes place alongside and interweaves at point. It was tactfully done, and it, they could have made a mistake, and they could have made a mess, and they didn't. So how do you feel about the Ahsoka character now? Like, I definitely want to see more. What's your take? I really like her. She's, I mean, I know that she's become a fan favorite and I can say that I see why I don't know that I'm to that level, but cause let's face it. I mean, yes, everybody loves Luke, blah, 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 blah. Most times I prefer the Sith. Well, they're usually more cool. I guess you could say like more edge to them. Exactly. I still love Darth Maul. Um, but even in this series, Ahsoka's badass. And I, I think I like it. I mean, the fact, I think I like her that she's not a Jedi. She's good for the most part, but I think there's appeal in that, the fact that she is not a straight and narrow Jedi. That she's is just a force user. And appealing to me. She's just a force right. user now. And I guess you'd have to watch, and I, I don't, you, you know who Ventress is, right? Massage. Yes, she's like a witch or something. Well, she was Dooku's apprentice, and she was a a Sith apprentice, and she ended up breaking from that. So you had this kind of bookended, you got a, you know, Ventress who kind of leaves the Sith order, and you've got Ahsoka that kind of leaves the Jedi order. Now my question, how could Ventress be a Sith? I mean... Because Dooku was trying to use, to grow her to take over Sidious. Every, Every, that's the job of every apprentice is to overtake their master in the Sith order. So there's like almost like always two and a half there are really down the road. That's why everyone says, you know, join me and we can overtake. That's why when Maul asks you know, Ahsoka, why Vader asks Luke, you know, their their job is the the job of rule of two is to get stronger and that means to overtake your master. And if you do that, that means you're stronger than the ones that became before them. So, gotcha. So, you need a two and a half. So that way, you have one waiting in the wings. Exactly. Gotcha. So, that's what she was, and she ended up leaving uh, that. So, you got these two characters that are pretty damn cool. Um, both left their respective areas in the Force. They, so, does that mean she's out there wandering the galaxy somewhere, too, then? Um, Boy, this is going to say... I. I um, don't believe she survived, and I can't remember now. She didn't survive Order 66? Who? Massage? 
Yeah. Or did she? Or did she die well before that? Again, I'm a terrible Star Wars geek for not knowing this. Me too. I should know it. I forget, to be honest with you. Um, I'll have to look that up and we'll, we'll figure I wish we had a call-in show where people can tell me <laughs> how wrong we are. I, I don't, I don't want to jump yes. too Go far ahead. ahead. But I'm just, what did you think about the coda of this episode? Yeah, I, th- I figured that is where we go next. Before we get there, do you, does this at least get you at all interested in watching Rebels? Oh, 100% interested in watching Rebels. So I, I don't know if this answers your Ahsoka question, but I see why she's a fan favorite. I think I mentioned that already. And I'm definitely interested in her uh, as a character and knowing that she's an adult and somehow associated with the Rebels going forward. And knowing that Rebels Rebels was what was shepherded and kind of, that's another Filoni project, right? Correct. Or not? Yeah, it is. Okay. So knowing that Filoni's involved and knowing that there's a through point with mm-hmm. Ahsoka, with Maul and Obi-Wan and all that, I'm very interested. Yeah, you need to watch it. And yes, Asajj did die. I did. I do remember now. I, I had to look it up and I feel bad. Uh, Dooku does kill her, but she does it. I'm not going to tell you everything because it does happen. And you should probably get to it. Uh, I won't give you the spoilers, but she does a... Some kind of a sacrifice that I won't tell you about. So if you end up getting watching the rest of uh, some of the Clone Wars, you'll you'll I'm see. I'm sure that. I will at some point, but I think I think instead of uh, oh, you can tell I live by the country because I'm sorry for the geese flying overhead. Is that what that was? Um, yeah, it's That's definitely funny. geese. Um, it's it's a nice night. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. instead of uh, I mean the show was so good instead but instead of jumping back and watching the Clone Wars the whole series, which I will do at some point now, it, it definitely has piqued my interest that much. I have to admit my my current focus is now I want to watch Rebels. Now I'm interested. Yeah, you should do it. I'll, I'll restart that. Tell me when you restart it, and we can always jump in and talk about it once in a while. So I'll just start at the same time. Okay. As you. Okay. So yes, let's get to. Uh, the coda of the episode. I'll let you introduce that. Well, you know, the series ends, you know, we see, I mean, spoilers, obviously. We're talking about the last few minutes of the, the series. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the ship crashes. We know that Rex and Ahsoka have survived. They've gone and, and they've buried their comrades, their friends. And it kind of ends with them, you know, looking at the graves they've made. And it's very, very quiet. There's no dialogue. And then it kind of fades a bit and shifts. And then all of a sudden we see stormtroopers and snowtroopers and probe droids mm-hmm. all leaning up. Did you freak a little bit? Like I saw the probe droid. I'm like, wait a minute, what time is this? What? And then the, the, the stormtrooper kind of turned around. I'm like, holy shit, this is the way later. Or at least... Like, like I don't know when the first, I, I don't know the timeline of when the first stormtrooper is there and not a clone trooper. That that would be interesting. I don't know when that happens. I I think the stormtroopers happened shortly after the Clone Wars. I I don't know exactly when. I don't obviously the Clone Wars weren't over and they were replaced with stormtroopers. But five years. Obviously, their helmets were very similar by then. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it shifted fairly quickly because, and. I don't know what the explanation is, but I can only assume that clones are expensive to make and 
people that want to join the military are easier and cheaper. Not as disciplined, but right. anyway, all that to say, was I surprised? Um, I would say pleasantly surprised. It wasn't like, oh my God, you know, they did giant time jump and I'm shocked. It, you know, it was the way it was framed. It was obviously, you know, the end of the series. I knew something was going to happen. So shifting to the stormtroopers, I'm like, all right, they're there. That's cool. But why? Why are they there? And then we get the answer pretty quickly when we see Vader stride out. Right. Well, the interesting thing to me him. is, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, see, the thing to me is prior when, he, when Ahsoka drops one of her sabers, she had two, she dropped one. Interesting. I don't know if anybody caught that or not. Um, so she dropped the one saber. So I'm wondering, did she drop it to give everything up or to, do you think it would be to leave it to be found or it was, it was just one of those things. And obviously he found it. Uh, it was it the last bit of Anakin left, you know, when yes. did he think, did he think that, you know, Ahsoka was dead or gone? Um, see, I took it this way. Now we've already established, well, it's already been established. I think that lightsabers kind of retain some of the memories of its of their owners. I think I they became canon at some point. I don't know. Okay. It's a new for me. Well, that's why when Ray picked up Luke's, Luke's lightsaber, sure. she heard all those voices and whatnot. Right. Okay. Yeah. Duh. So, um, here's what I think. Obviously, those lightsabers were given to her from by Anakin. Yep. Not four episodes. And I think, three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And I think what what we're seeing is, as she stands there in front of these graves of her friends and compatriots, she's thinking of Anakin and, in a way, acknowledges that he has died in a fashion. Obviously, not literally, but his shift to the dark side is a death of sorts. And it kind of fits in with what Obi-Wan said later, you know, right. Vader killed your father. Well, in a way that's kind of true, you know? Right. Cause she doesn't know so about Darth respect, Vader. What's that? She doesn't know about Vader. Yeah. Well, she, maybe she doesn't. Well, she Well, she will later, right? I'll let you f- figure that out. Okay. All right. Anyway. Right. She may not know about, about Vader, but to her, so to her, maybe she thought he really was dead. Right. All I know is that this was the last thing he gave her. Um, so why not drop it there? You know, it, it was a, a sim, symbolic burial for Anakin as well. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of what David Filoni said about the end because it's kind of a kind oh, of an interesting way. So this is a, a quote of Dave Filoni. It says. It was a nice way to bring the shape to the whole series. It shows you the subversive thing about what the Clone Wars was really about. And it just shows the clones for all their character and all their individuality by the end. Also, and by the end, you see the stormtroopers walking around who are completely devoid of individuality. Everything is bleached out. Everything is pretty stark. Everything's washed away color-wise, which is what George did at the end of Revenge of the Sith. A lot of the things I do are just ways of taking what George did and reasserting them, enhancing them, showing that this is what his half of Star Wars is all about. Ultimately, it, sorry, it's what his half of Star Wars is all about, ultimately, and how the heroes will prevail through it, despite all of the wickedness of the enemy. Nice. That's good. I like that. So I'm interested. Wouldn't it be something if they hinted at a, a new animated series of the Vader time, you know, where he's hunting, maybe, like like from the comics where they pulled where he's hunting, you know, 
uh, other Jedi or lost Jedi or force users or whatever. And then he brings the, you know, the inquisitors around and, or, or show like, I would love to see a series from the, the, uh, empire's point of view, you know, for once, kind of like what battlefield did that story in the, in the you, you are a, an empire side. I think that'd be a cool show. However they do it. Like it doesn't always have to be about the good guys. Oh yeah. I, I, I think it'd be very interesting because, you know, to the empire, the rebels are terrorists, right? Sure. I mean, yes, they're freedom fighters, but I mean, freedom fighter is just another word for terrorist. Well, it all depends on your perspective. Well, it all depends on who wins. <laughs> it's not about that perspective. Too. It's 100% on who wins. That too. You know. We, I'd be all know. for that. I mean, Marvel has already done a fantastic job doing Vader comics that tell yeah, they can, they can still to pull from. They can pull from that, and, and they've got some canon they can do. I'm talking animated here. I don't need to see live action. Well, and here's the other thing. I would love to see an animated Vader show. Not to get off topic, but if we get Vader and we get some of his early adventures, we get to see Triple Zero. Mm-hmm. We get to see BT. And Segway... We get to see Dr. Ephra. Yes. Well, that can bring us to the news. Good segue. Thank so, you. anything else before we get out, out of Clone Wars? Again, loved it. Very well done. I'm going to miss it. Um, thank you, Disney Plus, for fronting the money for this because it wasn't going to happen without them. So, there you go. Yeah, I have to say, I enjoyed it so much. I'm Even though I only watched this last season, I miss it now. I want more. Yeah. Well, you'll have it. You have all of Rebels that'll be new to you, so it's totally you're gonna win. To me it's all done, but for you it's all new. So that's a great thing. I'm geeked. So speaking of new, as you said, there could there's a couple of uh, announcements from Star Wars themselves this uh this week and on May the fourth, which is how smart is that? I don't know who started May the fourth, but if it was a groundswell, but man, they've turned that into a great marketing play for the brand, for Star Wars brand. They they have their own day. Just like, uh, you know, March 10th is Mario Day for Nintendo. They're finding these perfectly brand days. But so May the 4th, they, they, they announced, uh, number one, a new film, you know, that's uh, going to be directed by Taika Waititi, who, for me, this is great because he, obviously, he, you know, he was in and directed one of the episodes of The Mandalorian, the final episode. We know he's got the chops. We know from Thor Ragnarok that he can find the humor in the situation and not make it make fun of something. Right. Right. And that's a big, that's hard to do. Um, so yeah, I, I'm super excited. I don't know what it's going to be. I have a feeling it's going to be the Kevin Feige produ- produced one. Cause Kevin's not a director. I, th- I feel that this is a Kevin Feige is, is, is in on this, but maybe not announced yet, but uh, who knows what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. It could be a one. I, I think it's going to be a one-off. Yeah, well, I think you know what Lucasfilm already noted that they're pro- they're they're trying to move away from these three film sagas. Yep. I think you know what I said before, and I think if it's in well still, with Feige coming on to at least produce one, I don't think he's going to stop at one. I think they're going to do exactly what Marvel's been doing, and I won't go too long on this because we right. already did a whole episode on it. But I think we're going to start seeing more standalone Star Wars films that 
all exist within obviously the same universe and eventually will lead up to a bigger climactic team up film of some sort. Maybe I'd like, I'd be interested to see what, is he going to start the, what was it? The, the high Republic or not? I don't know. Is he going to go into the future? I don't know. We have no idea where it's going to go. I fully believe that if the high Republic is taken well and really explodes, They'll probably test the waters first with a TV show. Could be an animated. And then, or animated. Yeah, animated or live action. Who knows? Uh, we already know they're doing books and comics. But I have to believe that if it does as well as Disney is hoping, we'll see films. There's no way we yeah. wouldn't. Either way, this is a great move. I, You know, when I brought it up to you on Monday... You probably already read it, but you're, you were very skeptical. You're like, wait till it's done, wait till it's done. Which I can't argue with you because everything they've said, what, what have they actually done? Well, I guess the Mandalorian's only they have it in the can. But um, everything else has been nothing, right? It's all been just lip service until, until something's out there. Because uh, things right, change, I mean, you know. They still have it written I'm off. They still haven't said no to the Ryan Johnson trilogy. They haven't said it's, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. They have, But they haven't said it's not going to happen yet. So... No, the only one we know for sure is not happening is the Game of Thrones guys, their trilogy. Well, there's their project. We don't know if that if their trilogy is not going to happen. That could still happen. That whatever that story arc was, it doesn't mean that because they're out that that story is not going to be. There just means they're not doing it. So we, correct, we don't quit correct. But okay, so we know they're out. Right. And don't get me wrong, I want with you know Taika to you know, take a stab at writing and directing Star Wars. I would love to see that film. Oh, hell yeah. And I, I'm, you know, my only reason I'm hesitant is because until they've started filming, you know, a right. lot can change. Even a when they're filming. Change. Even when they're filming. Right. right. Well, ask Lord Miller. Yeah, right? exactly. So, no, dude, it's great news. I hope they follow through on it. The other part that they uh, announced as well was a new series that's going to be, uh, Written and, and under development with uh, Leslie Headland, who wrote Russian Dollars, Russian Doll, sorry, on Netflix, which I have I, I haven't watched that. I don't know what, what it is, but if that seems ripe for your what you mentioned in in, in Doctor Afra. And I, you know, they say they they say it's going to be from no other time frame, but I don't I don't know. They didn't say time frame, just other characters. I I'm I'm thinking this could be Afra because they've got material. You disagree with they me. Have you know. material. I just don't think... Yes, Afra is a hugely popular comic book character they've come up with. I don't know if she's shown up in any books or anything. You would know better than I. Not that I'm aware of. Star Wars novels. Not that I'm aware of. Love her in the comic books. Absolutely love her. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a cynic. I don't think they'll launch right into a, a lesbian anti-hero to lead the charge on a Star Wars TV show. No, they didn't lead the charge. Mandalorian led the charge, and then you've got Cassian Andor after that, so it's not leading the charge. It'll be three... We're talking probably not three years from now. Well, what I mean is... Okay. Because then you got Obi-Wan Cutting series, allegedly. Their first, I mean, making Rey pretty much the focus you know, of this last trilogy. Awesome. But as, as forward-thinking as Disney is, I don't see them giving the lead to a lesbian female character right away. I think they want to test the waters first. Yes, she's popular in comics. Let's see her in an animated form or let her see her as a cameo in 
the Mandalorian or something else before she gives her own shot. That's what I think. Could happen that way. By the time we're talking, like you're saying, it's going to be three years from now. We don't know how they'll write it. Look, it's a hope. Obviously, it's not that no one said that's what it is. I would love to see a Dr. Aphra show. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see Dr. Aphra. I just don't know if the show is it. Right. Right, right, right. Looks fun to me. I, 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 you know, I have not much more to say on that other than, uh, you know, I hope it's, uh, I hope that's what they talk about. I hope that's what they do. I just hope that, you know, enough of the talking. I, I want to see some real news. You've got Star Wars Celebration coming up allegedly in August. I doubt it's going to happen. What are they going to talk about? Like, you can't, everything's done now. We can show a little bit of Mandalorian that's coming back this fall, but, you know. Maybe right. a little bit of Cassian if they started shooting it. You know, unless they have real concrete, you know, here's the movies, here's what they're going to be about, here's director one, here's director two. For the next three years, we have three movies coming out once every other year. But that's the thing. I don't I don't think they're even at that point yet. I don't think they figured out their stories yet. The reason the stories because yeah. next year, next winter, December, is Avatar 2. No, it's not. Okay, we're not talking about after. I know you. No, it's not going to be out. They haven't even. What, have they filmed anything? I haven't seen anything. There's no talk Wait, about they, it. They're they not doing anything right now. It's all already. the production. The way Cameron works, he'll digitize it. <laughs> uh, an article I read just just yesterday or the day before. Uh, supposedly, two and three are done with all photography. They're still doing some FX work, but all right. Uh, I believe that four is halfway through motion capture already. Well, he had to do it all at once because he knew after the second one bombed, they're not going to put out, they're not going to give him any more money to do it. So he <laughs> shot it all at he shot it all at once because he knew that shit was going to bomb so bad. <laughs> I just laugh because I know you don't like Avatar, and we're not going to start another discussion. But I really enjoyed it. I look forward to the next one. My point in bringing it up was just that I know Avatar two is scheduled for December 2021. Star Wars, whatever comes next, won't be out till 2022. Right. They've already kind of put their flag in the ground there. Figuring a year to film and do all mm-hmm. the special effects, they're going to take their time. Which is, okay. is why so, they would announce something in August. They have to announce one film. They have to, because they have to just get pre-pro and everything started and probably start shooting in January, Right. So they have to have a concrete script. They have to get something going in celebration. I think was going to be that that spot to say what it is. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If they were smart, like if they, you know, if anybody from Star Wars would, which I know would never listen to us, they should do an, a, a virtual Star Wars celebration. I'd pay. I'd pay twenty bucks. I would not. I know you wouldn't, but I would. Because you're being, you're paying twenty bucks to find out the information. Literally two minutes before the rest of the world. No, I mean if I if there's if if I can see certain things that they don't show, if I can hear panels and, 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 and then and then ask a question digitally and they answer it, I'd be great for that. It'd be cool. Hey, what you know, if Filoni's up there and I can ask a question about the Mandalorian and he answers it, that's worth my twenty. Actually it's worth the Kybercast twenty because, you know. <laughs> Valid point, Joe. Valid point. Oh, there's another thing that uh, was released on May the 4th, and I've already watched episode one. And, um, 
Disney Plus, and that is the Mandalorian documentary. So it was a roundtable of all the directors. Taika was there, Filoni, and they kind of go into each person and how they approach it and with Favreau at the roundtable. I love that stuff. I love how creatives work together and what they do. So if you like that kind of thing, highly recommend watching the Mandalorian documentary. I have not watched it yet. I, I probably will. I just... I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Um, I did talk to our... our, our our mutual friend Alan, and he re-upped and watched all of the uh, the season already. He te- was texting <laughs> me all last night, so we may we may have to have a down the road another an, an Alan version three. What else? We miss anything else? Any other news you want to cover, Michael? Yeah, uh, well, just a couple little tidbits here. Uh, looks like uh, so. If you're actually subscribing to CBS All Access, get ready for a name change. Um, in case you're not in the know. Uh, CBS and Viacom used to be one huge monolith of company, and then they split up a while ago. And then they realized they missed each other, and they got back together and merged into one giant monolith company again back in December. So, obviously, CBS uh, All Access has been around for a couple years now. Did Viacom still own Paramount, so they all together now again? Correct. Okay, yeah. Yep, so another one big happy family for a while there, so... Viacom, you know, Paramount, the films, they owned, uh, you know, the film versions of Star Trek, and then CBS owned the TV versions. Right. But now they're all under one big roof. So because of that, all the Star Trek films are now on CBS All Access. Uh, But that includes now everything from the Paramount Library will be folded in. They haven't folded everything in yet, but all this to say... CBS All Access is not going to be its name for much longer. They've already announced that come this summer they're going to rename the Beast. What we don't know, but it's coming. It's not going to be called the Con Network, as we're going to con you into taking your money and Wrath of Con. <laughs> Why is it a con? I mean, let's just face it. it now is the streaming wars. Everyone's going to have their own streaming platform. Basically, every major conglomerate, you know, Disney bought Fox, so there goes that one. So it's Disney and Fox. So who do you have left? You got Comcast Universal. Yeah, Peacock. Right. Which is going to be Peacock. There's going to be free initially. It's, it's, there's going to have a free, it's like Hulu. There's going to be a free version, and then what do you want to pay for? Exactly. So that leaves Viacom. But, but the Viacom, they're going to bet, they're betting heavy on Star Trek. I mean, that's going to be their lead. Obviously, they've already spent the money on two shows. Uh, I mean, that is going to be their anchor, much like well, Disney. Disney has a couple of anchors. I mean, it's hard, tough to beat Marvel and Star Wars and their animations. You know, Disney Marvel. itself. Disney itself. You know. Uh, meanwhile, Netflix still keeps rolling. Still rolling. Um, are you going to pay for it? No. Star Trek boy, are you going to pay for it? I don't pay for it now, but I still get access to my Star Trek, so I'm good. If you had to, I'm good. If I had to, yeah, if you had to, like if I didn't have an alternate. If you didn't have, if there was no other methods, and you just, would you? Is Star Trek enough to to take? Is Star Trek have enough for you to take your money? Eventually, yes. Okay. Like, okay, I fully admit, if I'm being 100 percent honest, if I had no other way. Yeah, I probably would have paid just to watch Picard. Okay, I, I was just curious. I want to see how far where, where your where your fandom goes. That's all. Just curious. But, I mean, well, 
Discovery was an unknown, so I wasn't interested in checking out season one other than the free episode they put out. Yep. And I watched it and I was like, meh, meh, I don't need to watch anymore. I would have paid for Picard, but here's the thing. This is how Dutch I am, Joe. I waited waited until the series was over or like the night before the finale. And then binged. Watched all of Picard within, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Loved it. And then, then I'd go, well, I already have a subscription for 28 more days. Then watch all of Discovery and whatever else they had. Yeah, no, no I, I get it. I, up I get it. Month. Yeah, I get it. Until it came, until it came back and did the same thing. Right, right. So, yeah. I mean, yes, I enjoy Star Trek. For you, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think you'd ever pay, and I don't think there'd no. be a reason for you to pay. No, not not for me personally. It's just, but you know, either it's good. But I just think you know, eventually this shit's got to give because people can't nickel and dime all these stuff. It's 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 ludicrous. But now let me throw something out there. Now that we're talking about the streaming wars a bit, did you ever watch Firefly? Were you ever a Firefly flame? Firefly. Um, post, post the hype. Okay. And that's fair. So would you say you're a fan now? Uh, I liked it. I wouldn't, it's not something I would have to like, oh my God, if it came out, I would order it. Let's say the Firefly network came out and it was by itself and they wanted 10 bucks a month. I'd know. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I don't want to be one of those. So big fans of Firefly are called brown coats. I don't know if you know that. Nope. So I consider myself a brown coat. Unfortunately, I, I'm one of them. Here's the thing. And I'm just thinking aloud right here. Everyone is kind of going through and rating their own IP and right, right. coming up with stuff to make people come to their streaming platforms. Obviously CBS has Star Trek. We already know Disney has everything. Now with, you know, NBC, Universal, Comcast, they already know they're going back to the well for some more Battlestar Galactica. That's some news from this week as well, if you're not paying attention, people. Yes, they have a showrunner, or yes, they have a producer, the guy that did, uh, oh, guy that uh, did uh, Mr. Robot. Yep. Now they got a writer on board as well to kind of guide the ship. But Universal owns the film rights. And I, I'm not sure if they own the TV rights, but I know they own the film rights. I would assume NBC owns the TV rights because that... Oh, Firefly. I thought you meant Battlestar, the sci-fi network. No. Universal definitely has the film rights, and I think they may have... They, I don't know if they own the TV rights as well, because if not, that'd be interesting, because Fox aired the show, but I think it was actually produced by Universal. Hmm. All that to say... If ever there was a chance for brown coats like me to get excited about possibly Firefly coming back in some way, shape, or form, now would be the time because of all the IP that's coming back to fill streaming content. Right. Well, you know, hey, before we, well, as we wrap this up, I mean, the whole world's changed. There's a lot more streaming now. The numbers are going to be crazy when they start looking at the money of people streaming the last two months. Um, it's going to overinflate you know, some things. So they're going to rush to put some money that way. And, you know, Hey, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't hear Alec barking in the background. We'll see. I think all, like you said, all those IPs are going to try and find a way to make money because people seem to be paying for what they want. Um, nickel didn't die, you know? So, yep. I hear you. 
That being said, you know, we would love to hear from everybody that uh, listens to the podcast. You know, if it's your first time listening, thank you for joining us. If you are a long time listener, I can say long time now, we're, we're over a year. Um, you know, you can hit us up on the social networks where Michael pretty much answers all of them. Michael, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Kybercast and you'll find us. And yes, I'll probably be the one replying. Because if I reply, it's full of typos and quick stuff. Michael gets mad at me. Because <laughs> I reply by the I reply with I, I reply by the heart and do it really quick, and I'll, I don't even look. I'm I'm very bad at that stuff. So <laughs> mine's more genuine in that way. See, I'm just don't get me wrong. I make typos all the time too. But on Facebook and on Instagram, I can fix them. If I tweet something and it has a typo, I delete it and redo it. Oh yeah. But I try to I, I try to find it right away because then if people respond before I delete it, I don't want to get rid of the interactions. Then like, ah, right. oh, it's there forever now. Right. No, and I I actually very much appreciate it. That's what I'm not good at. So I I, I can't thank Michael enough for getting all that stuff out there. Um, if you do listen to us and you like us, you know, do us a favor because again, we're not looking for money and stuff at least in this time frame. Um. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Google, Spotify, you know, leave a leave a review that helps us, especially in Apple Podcasts. It helps uh, get other people to listen to us. So, you know, we totally appreciate uh, that. If you could do that, that would be awesome. And um, with that being said, we thank you all for listening, and we hope to see you soon. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.